You're listening to Following the Way, a podcast devoted to the examination of Scripture and Christ-centered practices to help us live in devotion to the way of Jesus. Hello, everyone. Welcome again, and want to encourage you, if you are enjoying this podcast and it is uh, edifying you in your life, uh, leave us a review, leave us a rating, uh, or share us on social media. It really does help uh, for you to do that. Uh, Today, I want to talk again about the nature of sin in our lives as we have been uh, looking at sin here as a church the last couple weeks. And um, one of the the things that uh, I enjoy and and, uh, appreciate about a podcast like this is it actually gives me the opportunity to sometimes dig into things a little bit deeper than I may be able to uh, on a Sunday and, and or maybe um, an aspect of something that we just don't have the time to get into uh, any more in depth. And so I want to do that uh, through some of these podcasts, and we have been doing that uh, when it comes to talking about sin. And so I want to talk uh, today about the game plan of sin when we talk about um, what it's doing, what it seeks to do in us. And I want to do this because I want to help us have awareness and wisdom of how sin permeates our culture and seeks to infiltrate our lives. And one of the things that I believe Satan is doing right now, and it's one of his, you know, top three objectives, if you will, uh, and and strategies in our, our culture, especially in the West, is encouraging this rampant obsessive focus on individualism and isolation in our lives. Uh, and, and the danger of individualism and self-autonomy in us is something that we have to really assess and how it draws us into ourselves and into an obsession with ourselves and our wellness and our lives. And, uh, and it, and it, separates us from others. And ultimately what it's doing is it's separating us from God. And so to talk about this, I want to look at a couple verses in Hosea that I came across this week that really were impacting for me. And I thought um, in in, um, several ways really spoke to this with clarity. And so in, in Hosea 10, 13, it says this. I want to I want to read this, and then I want to I want to just unpack it a little bit for us. So it says in Hosea ten thirteen. But you have planted wickedness, you have reaped evil, you have eaten the fruit of deception, because you have depended on your own strength, and on your many warriors. And it goes on, but I want to I want to stop there. And so I want to I want to just unpack the the this verse a little bit breaking it down and thinking about how this relates and speaks to the game plan of sin and the nature of how sin seeks to permeate and seeks to worm its way into our lives. The first part of the verse is but you've planted wickedness and you've reaped evil. And I think we don't think that this applies to us, that when we read this in scripture, I know I can do this. It's very easy to read that and go, oh, that, that applies to someone else. That's God is speaking to someone else. He's speaking to Israel's enemies. 
and we don't apply it to our lives. And this is where how we read and receive scripture and how we meditate on it is crucial for awareness in our lives. Because I want to suggest that sin that is present and not dealt with in our lives, no matter how small, no matter how insignificant it is or how we seek to justify it or how we seek to um, to overlook it, sin that's present that we're allowing to be present in our lives will root itself into our lives, meaning it's planted in our lives. And unconfessed sin, sin that's at work in our lives, is, I would say, you could say is the planting of wickedness in our lives because sin that's present in our lives and not being dealt with is wicked. It's Now, we're not uh, prone to to think that way, and we th- we will will very quickly, um, even subconsciously, we will um, we will put this to others. We will assign this to others. We won't assign it to ourselves. And then it says, the next part of the verse says, "You have eaten the fruit of deception." Just think about that. This this is talking about the original sin of of humankind. This is what Adam and Eve did. They eat the fruit of deception. They, and we talked about this a little bit on Sunday. They, they, when they ate the fruit, they were saying they were believing the deception, the lie. God can't be trusted. What God has told me can't be trusted. God is holding out on me. He's holding something from me. There's something that I should have that He's not allowing me to have. I can be my own God. I can take into my hands. I can decide what's right and wrong. I can decide what's good and evil. My eyes will be opened. It will be dependent on me. Life revolves around me and my happiness. That is the fruit of deception. And here in Hosea, it says that the people, they've eaten that. And then it says, they've eaten this because because you have depended on your own strength. Uh, another version says that you've trusted in your own way and on your many warriors. Now again, think of this in regards to Satan's plan, his strategy to bring you into a place of individualism and isolation where it's all about you. It's about your self-autonomy. It's about what you can do. You depend on your own strength. We depend on our own strength. That is a definition of selfishness. That's a definition of individualism. It's a definition of self-autonomy. And then he says, and you've depended on yourself and then on your many warriors. God had always told his people that he would go before them. He always tells us, I will go before you. I am the Lord. And what Hosea is saying here is the people, and this is, a, we have the same inclination where we look to our own ingenuity, we look to our own abilities, our own strength, and we have pride in what we can accomplish. And Hosea says here, the Lord says through Hosea, this, because you've done this, you've planted wickedness in your life. You've reaped and you will reap evil because of it. And you, you've eaten the fruit of deception. You've believed that you can make it happen. You've believed that it's dependent on you, that you don't need the Lord. We all, we all feel this. We all feel the inclination of this. We all battle this. We, because it's the 
temptation to individualism and to self-autonomy and to make it happen on ourselves and believe that we can do it and we can save ourselves and we can self-actualize and we can we can figure it out that permeates our culture it's all around us it the the influence is thick but there is an alternative and it's verse 12 and i want to read verse 12 and i also then want to unpack it here a little bit Verse 12 says, sow righteousness for yourselves and reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. Isn't that good? Like I read that and I thought this is the alternative to seeking our own way. So righteousness for yourselves. That's now that's speaking to our responsibility. It's it's we need to plant. Uh, we need to plant this in our lives, and but the promise is as we do this, as we sow righteousness into our lives, as we sow living and walking according to the ways of God and seeking to follow Him and live according to how He says we will flourish. We will reap the fruit of unfailing love, the love of the Father, the goodness of God. We will reap that in our lives. And he says, and break up your unplowed ground. Unplowed ground or fallow ground is ground that has been left to rest. That, and it's left to rest so that it can once again become fruitful. But as it's lying there in rest and, and as a fallow ground, The threat is that weeds will spring up and weeds then, if they're not dealt with, can become a real problem. And so the ground has to be cleared before seed is sown. And the Lord is saying, break up the fallow ground in your life. The areas of your life, they're ready to receive, to become fruitful. But break up, make them ready, make the soil rich, make the soil ready to receive. Make it so that that when the seed hits it, that it will it will take it and it will grow and flourish. For it is time to seek the Lord. Again, this is an intentional, active pursuit on our part. It's speaking to our responsibility. So righteousness, seek the Lord. What are you doing in your life to make room for doing this? And then it says, until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. Have you ever been in one of those summer rains where it's warm and, and, and maybe you're hot and you're sweaty and you've worked hard and then the rain comes and maybe it, and it comes suddenly. And so you, it comes so suddenly that you're just, you're stuck in this rainstorm, but then there, it's just this amazing experience of the rain just pouring down on you, showering you. And it's an incredible experience, actually really, really refreshing. And I, I, get, I, I think of that picture here when I think of the Lord showering his righteousness on you, showering his goodness, the abundance of his goodness on us, just showering it like there's no, there's no limit. It's just pouring out on us. Be- why? Because we have sought the Lord and the Lord responds and he showers this on us. It's this dependence on God's strength. I'm not depending on myself. I'm not looking to self-autonomy. I'm not looking to be proud in what I am and, and, 
and what I think I've become or what I think I've accomplished. No, all of that, it, it means nothing because I want to be, I want to be dependent, completely dependent on God and recognizing where my frailty and my weakness actually invites the presence of God and the goodness of God to shower his righteousness on me. And he has showered his righteousness on us too, in that he's given us Jesus. Nothing was held back. Jesus has made the relationship with the Father possible. And it's this invitation, come and experience the goodness of the Father. That's That was Jesus's desire, that the love that him and the Father had, the fellowship they have with the Father. He, he prayed this in John 17, that we would know it also, that the same love that he experienced, that we also would experience. That Those aren't mere words. That is the desire of God himself. That is the desire of Jesus, that we would experience that. And so when we we come and we pursue that and we seek that, how will he not graciously also give us all of that? Because he loves to bless his children. He loves to pour out his blessings on us, right? At Luke 11, how much more will, if we as, as, as earthly fathers and mothers love to give good, give good gifts to our children, how much more will the father love to pour out his Holy Spirit on us to those who ask? He loves to pour out his presence on us. So receive that today. As we, we know that Satan is prowling around, we know that he's seeking all sorts of strategies and game plans when it comes to infiltrating sin into our lives and, and getting a foothold into our lives. But there is an alternative, and the alternative is that. Hosea 10 verse 12. That's so good. And I pray that you would receive that today for your life. Blessings, friends, and we will see you again.